Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and today we have our guests from the City of Brainerd. With us today, uh, Brainerd City Administrator Jennifer Bergman and Brainerd City Engineer and Public Works Director Jesse Dean. Folks, welcome back to Community Focus. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Tess. Great to be here. Yeah. So a uh, very busy time of the year. We just got done with an election, and we should probably uh, review what happened there. We did just get done with an election, and the city of Brainerd had five offices that were up for re-election this year. Oh, wow. So I'm uh, just going to announce the results. I'm sure, I'm sure most people already know the results, but a good time for a reminder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the mayor was up for re-election, and Dave Badeau was re-elected. Our council member at large also uh, was up, and this was a, a vacant seat, or going to be a vacant seat, and Jeff Chesok uh, was the uh, person who's been elected for that seat. We had a special election for Ward 1. That was Tad Erickson's seat, and Kara Terry has been elected to that seat. Council member for Ward 2, uh Kelly Bevins was elected for that seat, and then council member for Ward 4, Gabe Johnson, was elected for that seat. So just a big congratulations to those newly elected uh, Mm -hmm. city council members. I know it's a lot of work for those folks to campaign and door knock, and so congratulations to those who were elected and yeah, so just exciting times. I think and we for have stepping up to represent people. I mean, that's a lot. Absolutely, Tess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we have two new elected officials on the city council, and five who will stay, and then the mayor who will nice. stay as well. So okay. exciting! Congratulations. Now the real work gets going though <laughs> is uh, once they're on the board. That's right. They'll take their oath of office, the first meeting in January, and the city of Brainerd has a lot going on. So exciting times for people to be on the city council. All right. Uh, maybe we'll uh, just talk about uh, snow removal real quick because uh, we have our first uh, meaningful snow, I guess you can say. We do. And Jesse, he's going to handle all of that fun. In fact, you know, we were welcomed with snow this morning, so it yeah. seems incredibly timely for us to be talking about snow removal, huh, Jesse? That's right. That's right. You've probably seen our crews out. Um trying to clear all the main roads and uh, trying to start getting out into the residential section. So a lot of crews out, and I'm sure it's a nice reminder for everybody that this happens, well, every year. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. so, so nice time to do some good reminders. Uh, please don't push any snow uh, out into the street. That can cause safety hazards for somebody traveling through the, through the area. Uh, snow emergency routes. Uh, if you live on a snow emergency route and we declare a snow emergency, please be off the street for 48 hours. Uh, everything else uh, is kind of on a day one or day two. Uh, no parking, so generally it's north, south, east, west for day one and day two, except for uh, northwest and southwest Brainerd. Uh, but essentially we have a lot of maps online that you can always go on to see how your street's treated uh, when those snow emergencies do get declared. So uh, something to think about and be familiar with as we're getting into this season. Um, however, even if it's not a snow emergency, we do encourage people if you're parked on the street and you know our crews are going to be going out there clearing snow, um, Please, if you can, go park off street. It gives our, our crews a chance to get out there and clear the street nice and clear. Uh, we don't have to kind of avoid cars and windrow them in. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can, it's nice to have them uh, off street if you can possibly do it. Last year, I had the 
privilege, honor to ride along with one of our snowplow drivers. Wow. And it is an amazing, an, ex- an amazing experience. And you think about things differently when you're sitting in that plow truck. Oh, that you do. I could not believe how many mailboxes and garbage cans those guys have to try to avoid. So um, really encourage people to, to be mindful of that. The more clear the road is, the better our snow can get removed. So it was quite eye-opening. Yeah. yeah, and that's property in front of your home. I mean, that is, you know, right. clear it up. Let them do their job for right. you. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other part of it is just, uh, like we talked about, driving can be tricky around this time of year, and it, it always seems to be that we have to mention it again, that uh, you got to take it easy in the snow. It gets slippery early in a hurry, and uh, we really want you to be careful around plows and hills. Um, the last thing we want to do is uh, see people sliding into big equipment or uh, sliding through intersections and possibly getting hurt. So just take it easy when you get these snow events and make sure you, you plan ahead and take a few extra minutes. Yeah, and we uh, should remind people, too, to do your best to clear those sidewalks as well, right? That's right. Thank you. Great reminder, Ken. Okay. What else is happening, Jennifer, that we need to be aware of? So I'll pop back a little bit from snow removal, and I'm going to talk um, about our America Rescue Plan dollars. I know I've been talking about this for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The city did get about $1.4 million from the federal government in a program that's called the America Rescue Plan. Those are basically funds that were the result of COVID. Um, These funds can be used for a number of different things. The city council has had a couple of discussions about this already. Mm -hmm. Um, So the city has until December 31st first of 2024 to commit the funds and then until the end of 2026 to spend Use the funds. Them, yeah. So what the council really wanted us to do was just take our time. Let's make sure that the, what we're using those funds for are having the biggest bang for their buck. Yeah. So the council did hold another workshop in October to discuss them again and after the discussion uh, a decision was made to commit some of those funds. We're going to take $300,000 of that money to use for future capital We're going to take $140,000 of that money to upgrade our PD's very failing HVAC system. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to take $575,000 and we're going to put that towards our parks. That was really important to the city council. One of the things that they thought was that if this money is for COVID, let's really focus on health. And what better can we do than to encourage people to get out into our parks? Be healthy. Mm -hmm. So they're going to take take $200,000 of that and put it towards JC's Park. Wow, great. 150000 to upgrade Lum Park Beach. Nice. Mm. And then $75,000 for Kiwanis Park. Okay. And then if there are some funds left over, they're going to continue on with Lum Park and look at doing maybe some upgrades um, or expansion to the campground. Oh, so geez. I think really you know, really good decisions that the council has made in regards to these COVID funds. That leaves us with about $373,000 left that the council has yet to decide or determine where those funds will be. But it gives us some opportunity to use those funds in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. So. Mm. Speaking of parks, there's a new park that I'm sure is getting close to being finished up, isn't it? There is. You can see it on the river, and Jesse has all kinds of stuff to talk about. Yeah, so we're st- we're still doing the work over there. Uh, the The nice thing is the concrete walks have been completed now. It, it really looks a lot more sharper than a big um, 
dirt patch over there by the river. So uh, it, it is starting to come together, which is which is fantastic. Um, due to some of the material delays that we've kind of seen throughout the entire industry, uh, we're not able to have all the features done here before winter, which is unfortunate. Uh, but they're going to continue that progress during the cold wet winter months and do the kind of the building parts and uh, continue on through. Uh, we'll plan for some seed and sod in the spring as soon as the weather permits. And uh, we're really expecting the park to still be ready for use in the summer. And for those who are not familiar with what area and what park we're talking about, kind of paint us a picture of where that is. It's over on East River Road, uh, right kind of next to the football field. It's where the old parking lot used to be. Uh, just it would be south of the high-rise apartments there. We've kind of converted that parking lot into a nice usable park space that people can really enjoy. Yeah, uh, neat. So it, it'll be a really special park uh, with all the different features and facilities there. And yeah. if you haven't had the opportunity to drive by, I would encourage you to drive down East River Road. Um, there is a beautiful amphitheater, yeah. and I cannot wait to go and sit and listen to a concert or something mm-hmm. in that beautiful amphitheater with the background of the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah, cool. and of course it's called the Mississippi Landing Trailhead Park, and so uh, the access to the river for those that might uh, have a canoe or a kayak. And, Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's just really cool. The launch has really come together an awful lot in the last couple of weeks, and uh, that's looking really sharp. Uh, we're looking forward to next year when it's when the river's maybe a little bit higher than it is now, <laughs> yeah. um, that people will be able to access it. But um, no, another really great feature of that park is I mean, between the amphitheater, the launch, uh, we got a little bit of a learning center there, too, and um, play areas. It's really going to be a fantastic park for programming. Can't wait to see it. Exciting. All right. In the meantime, I know there was a lot of discussion about this reconstruction of Washington Street, and it's been pushed back. But uh, give us the latest update on that. Yeah. So we're still working with MnDOT on this one. we're trying to wrap up a lot of the big scoping, but we're still collecting input from people and uh, trying to make sure that everybody gets their voice heard on this one because it is a very big project and very impactful project for a lot of people, not just the ones on the corridor, but the ones off of the corridor that utilize that. So uh, we want to make sure we hear from everybody, but uh, it is still coming together and uh, we're having really great conversations with MnDOT. They've been a really good partner in listening to us and uh, what our concerns have been to this point. And, uh, we're, we're still going to continue the process, and hopefully uh, we'll wrap up here soon uh, so we can start taking the next steps, moving into design, and keep the project on pace. For uh, Right now it's planned for 2026-2027 construction years. And just a reminder, that goes from Baxter Drive all the way to Pine Shores. So oh, wow. some of it is a mill and overlay, mm-hmm. but there's a big section of it that's actually a reconstruction of mm-hmm. 210. So, again, as Jesse said, really important to have your voice heard on this. This is a once-in-a-generation opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, make sure that you're sharing with MnDOT what is important to you along that corridor. And you say 2027, it sounds so far away, but we all know how fast this is going to go. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And the, the project itself, that big a project, that's probably going to take mm-hmm. all summer long, or will it take more than that? It'll likely take all of two full summers yeah. uh, Oof. As, as much as they'll need to. And uh, just because of the size and the scope, they have some bridge work that they got to do with the uh, bridge over Mississippi. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. between that and the reconstructions and the mill and overlays and uh, all the utility work, it, it'll probably take them all of the, the full two years to complete. Wow. And the council, you know, has been really 
concerned about our businesses. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what kind of impact does this have on our businesses? Yeah. You know, going forward, we know it's going to be a challenge for them during the construction. So, mm-hmm. you know, be mindful of that. Be thinking of our businesses and what we can do to support them as well. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Jesse, any other uh, public works uh, projects or park projects that we should be aware of? Yeah, just a couple ones. So the Cuyuna Lake State Trail, uh, the projects we've been doing all year, uh, those are mainly complete. Uh, the, the trail is open all the way over to the MP Center now. So uh, if you want to oh, use that trail, I know it's cold now and snow-covered, <laughs> but uh, you're more than welcome to use that trail going all the way at least to the MP Center. Cool. Um, so, But we're still looking to try and get some more funding for the future connections. So um, in the last bonding bill last year, uh, we had the connection over to 28th. Um, Hopefully soon we'll get funding for that one. Uh, we're looking at a, another grant application for a small connection on 10th uh, to connect 25 to 210. Uh, so that would be a really mm. nice, valuable connection mm-hmm. for the trail. Yeah. Um, and then we got that segment that goes along the Highway 25 bridge um, that MnDOT's going to do d- during their bridge, bridge project next year. Um, so we got a lot of trail projects coming up here with the Cuyuna Lake State Trail that are coming up and. Um, we're looking forward to what that trail is going to look like here in the next handful of years. And what it'll bring to the area, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great asset for yeah. us as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one, if you haven't seen it online, uh, the historic water tower project's progressing forward. Uh, <laughs> that roof is really coming together. You can see some photos of, of it. We have it posted on Facebook. Um, Unfortunately, with the snow, I'm not sure how that's going to impact them a little bit, but hopefully they've gotten far enough that it's not too big of a deal for them that they can continue that thing forward and mm-hmm. uh, wrap up that roof here soon. Yeah, and it, do they have a target date for wrapping up that project? It should be really soon. Okay. Um, I believe in November they were planning to be pretty much complete. So, like I said, we'll see how the snow affects them. Hopefully they're far enough ahead that it shouldn't affect them too much. But Very good. And good that deal. committee also has done so much work fundraising, trying to bring attention to the water tower. And I know for that committee this is just step one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, again, a lot going on. There is. It's always nice to have you guys here to talk about what's going on in the city of Brainerd. We truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Tess. Appreciate it. All right. Our guests today, Jennifer Bergman is the Brainerd City Administrator. Jesse Dean is the City Engineer and Public Works Director. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. You can also listen anytime through our free downloadable app, too, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.